Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. We are so fortunate to have who we have here at Villas Grace to lead us in music. I just feel truly Truly blessed. It's awesome to hear Joe do his thing each and every Sunday, Mike and Zara and Pastor Steve alike. One more round of applause for everybody that participated this morning. I want to remind everybody that we are starting the 289, that is our evangel uh, evangelistic Bible study. That's going to begin in January, the first week in January. If you want to sign up for that, there is a sign-up sheet in the fellowship area on the information table. So make sure that you sign up. The class will be held each Sunday morning at 9.30, run to about 10.15, 10.30. So it's going to be around the same time that Sunday school used to take place here at Villa's Grace. Make sure you get signed up. Basically what this class is going to do, it's going to remind us, it's going to encourage us, maybe for some of us it's going for the first time, teach us the gospel, the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. We're going to be going through the book, What is the Gospel? That's the name of the book. It's a question, and it's a book written by Greg Gilbert. It's going to be five to six weeks long, depending on how we get through the book. There's a study guide that comes out in February that we're going to use eventually when it does come out, but at the beginning we're going to have our own questions. But the whole idea is to understand and grasp the concept of the good news of salvation. This is our third Sunday in our series, Jesus Coming. In fact, actually it's our second Sunday, excuse me. The idea is we want to keep Christ in Christmas. We want to focus on the reason for the season. We want everything here at Villa's Grace to be about Jesus. If we don't get to the gospel message, if we don't get to the good news of salvation when we're preaching, when we're teaching, then we are missing the point. I've been part of many churches with excellent speakers, excellent teachers, but I've been convicted by the fact that there's no Jesus sometimes. I've walked out of services hearing excellent speakers speak, but yet their sermon would have passed in a Jewish synagogue. Why? Because there's absolutely no Jesus. So this Christmas season, we really want to focus on the good news, the reason why Jesus came. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for allowing us to come together this morning. We have a lot going on here at Villa's Grace. We have a lot that are not with us. We pray for them as they travel. Lord, we want to pray for those who still need healing, that are relying upon you for their strength, work through their doctors and physicians to heal them. Lord, I want to pray for this morning, for the remainder of our time, that we can focus on you. We can make this all about you. Help us do just that. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do we all know this family? Do you know this family? Do you know who this family is? Would you say that you know this family? Most of you would say, yeah, I know who they are. But do you really know this family? 
I mean, seriously, do you have Queen Elizabeth's contact in your contacts? Do you have a direct line to her personal cell phone? I don't think so, do you? Does Prince Charles allow you to call him Chuck? Now, we got Charlie here with us this morning. He may let us call him Chuck or Charlie, but do you think we can call Prince Charles Charlie or Chuck? I don't think so. Of course you could, Audrey. Of course you could. Do we really know them? Now we say we know them, right? But it's in name only. Do we know them personally? To say that we know someone really can take on two separate meetings, can it? it? It can mean that we actually know them personally, or it could just simply mean that we know who they are. I know who Prince Charles is. I know who Queen Elizabeth is. I just don't know her personally. But if you asked me if I knew her, I would say, yeah, I know who she is. Or I would just simply say, yeah, I know her. But really, I've just heard the name and know her title. I don't really know her. For the past 2,000 years, this has never been more true than anybody, in my opinion, than it is for Jesus. Most people would say that they know him, and, and notice I'm not saying all people would say that. I'm saying most people would say that they know him, but they have no idea who he actually is. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. The title for our sermon this morning is Knowing God. Knowing God. You can join us in your Bibles. We're going to be in John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. And if you look at the image on your screen and you're saying to yourself, who is that funny looking man? One of the things that Pastor Steve has always talked about, and I definitely agree with him, is this. We kind of have the wrong idea of what Jesus actually looked like. Now, I'm not saying this is exactly what Jesus looked like, but forensic anthropology has determined this is probably a little bit more accurate to how he actually looked. Because you can ask Pastor Steve, and I guarantee you he would tell you that Jesus looked more like a Palestinian Jew than he did an Anglo... Caucasian-looking male. We kind of get that twisted, don't we? We have a tendency to write history the way we want, to, we want it to be. So when you think of how Jesus looked, you can think about more how a Palestinian Jew would look. Now, last week we were in Micah 5, and we were encouraged to know that only Jesus himself can bring peace to earth. Remember we talked about the demagogues that are the leaders of the world who all promise the same thing that they can't deliver on? They all promise peace, but not one world leader will ever be able to bring peace. Today we're going to be encouraged in who Jesus really is. We're going to recognize that His coming revealed this to mankind. And we see this in John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. So please, the verses will be on your screen. You can follow along as I read from the text. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory 
as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Amen. These verses give us one main idea, and that main idea is this. What we see in these verses into one sentence. As being both 100% God and 100% man, Jesus has revealed himself to be God in human flesh. As being both 100% God and 100% man, Jesus has revealed himself to be God in human flesh. Have any of you ever seen invisible ink? Have you ever seen invisible ink? You can write a message and it's there, but you can't see it until what? Boom! You throw some ultraviolet light on the message and then you see what was actually written. The message becomes revealed by the ultraviolet light. Church, according to the Bible, Jesus is the light now, isn't He? According to the Bible, Jesus has always been. According to the Bible, God Himself became flesh. And we recognize this in verse 14. Verse 14 states, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what we see. And the Word became what? Flesh. This could also be described a few different ways. We could say the invisible became visible. We could say eternity entered time. Think about that. What is eternal entered time? Time is limited. Eternity is not limited. We could also say that the Creator entered His creation. So, when we read this casually, looking at verse 14 at the beginning, I want to ask the question, who is the Word? Who is the Word? The Word became flesh. Who is the Word? Jesus, the God-man. Jesus, the Son of God. There are three ways in which God has revealed Himself to us historically. One, let's face it, the most obvious way God has revealed Himself to us is in creation. When we look at creation, we say, no man could create the sun, moon, and stars. God had to create. God has also revealed himself to us historically in the Old Testament. We saw that last week with Micah, the promised Messiah. Also, we now know that God has revealed himself to us in Jesus because the word has become flesh. And look where it says right there, and dwelt among us. God Himself has experienced life here on earth. 
That's powerful. God himself has experienced life here on earth. And it reminds me of this foolish song that is written by Julie Gold and sung by Bette Midler. You guys know Bette Midler? There's that song, it's titled, From a Distance. Now, I'm just going to give you a little bit of the chorus. And the lyrics go a little something like this, and you hear it a lot this time of year on some of the Christmas stations because it's used as a Christmas song for some reason. But here's the chorus, it goes like this. It goes, God is watching us, God is watching us from a distance. These lyrics are inaccurate. They're inaccurate because quite clearly it states right here, what? That God dwell among us. He's not some distant God. And his ability to penetrate both time and space reveals to us that he's much closer than what we think. Church, do you view God as though everything happens right before him? Is that how you view God? Or do you view God as He's this some distant, out-of-touch deity that is way off into the distance? Or do you view Him like everything happens right before Him? Do you pray to Him like He Himself has experienced the life that you know yourself here on earth? He knows what it's like to be hungry, to be thirsty. He knows what it's like to laugh, to cry. He knows what it's like to be tired. Do you know what it's like to be hungry? Do you know what it's like to be thirsty? Do you know what it's like to laugh, to cry, or to be tired? I think we all know something about that, don't we? Look at all the energy drinks on the market. Know that his relationship with you is a relationship in which he actually understands. Why? Because he dwelt among us, which is why he can come to earth in the first place. See, John mentions that he has seen his glory. Now, for you Bible scholars, you would know that John is actually referring to the transfiguration. He's seen the glory. Think about the attributes of God. In human flesh, Jesus revealed all that God is. He could do this because of what it says here. Glory as of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you know how we define grace? Grace has a definition. Grace is defined as a gift. Do you know how we define truth? Truth, as it's stated here, is defined like this. It's defined by the gospel, a.k.a. the good news of salvation, or the definition that Milton Vincent gives us. The good news of salvation for hell-deserving sinners through the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's the truth. The truth of the gospel states that we are perfectly incapable of saving ourselves. That's a harsh reality that the rest of the world doesn't want to accept because the rest of the world wants to say, I can do it on my own. 
But the truth is contrary to that attitude, to that train of thought. Those who know God know that their faith is a gift. It's only our faith because God gave it to us Himself. Church, we don't live for grace. We don't live for grace. We live from grace. Do you understand the difference? Now, I heard an amen, but I'm not so convinced that all of us understand. We don't live for grace. We don't say, you know, God's going to give me grace because I do this, 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 and this. I earn my grace. See, last time I checked, you can't earn a gift, can you? A gift is something that's given freely. We live from grace. Because of the gift that we've been giving, we are able to live out of the grace. We have life because of the gift of faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus represents to us. His death, burial, and resurrection on the cross happened because He first dwelt among us. And we can live from His grace. We have eternal life from this grace that He's given us. And that's how we have to view our faith in Him. We need to appreciate what He has done. That's living from grace. So then when we do look at the sun, moon, and stars, we can appreciate that God's grace has given us this ability to have faith in Him and what He has done. And we now receive eternal life. And this brings us to our first point this morning. And that point is this. Jesus is the light that illuminates our gift of salvation. Jesus is the light that illuminates our gift of salvation. And I am so thankful for God's grace. Because I know that there's nothing that I can do. I completely disqualify myself daily. But because of His grace, I can look at Jesus as being the light that illuminates my gift of salvation. And we can all be encouraged in that. And let's not forget our main idea. As both being 100% God and 100% man, Jesus has revealed Himself to be God in human flesh. I trust that we've all witnessed this before. Do you, do you see what's going on here? See, the man in the background's public speaking, and the woman in the foreground is signing, or interpreting through sign language for the hearing impaired. Now, I know we've all seen it because we see it here every Sunday. Miss Hallie always signs to Mary Kesey. It's amazing. It's cool to see worship where Miss Hallie does sign language and she's signing out what we are singing and Mary can read sign language so she understands. There's an interpreter. And if you are hearing impaired, there's no way you're going to understand what's going on unless you have a sign language interpreter to interpret for you. Church, before we knew Jesus, 
all of us were hearing impaired to the gospel. Let's check this out in verses 15 through 18. John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was, born, he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. I would like to focus our attention on verses 17 and 18. What do you think of when you see the word law in verse 17? What is it that comes to mind? What do you think of when you see that word law? Do you think of the Ten Commandments? Now, I just want to go through the Ten Commandments really quick. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Okay? So I'm going to read through the Ten Commandments. And think about each of these Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no idols. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. Do you know which of these Ten Commandments I'm guilty of committing? Now, if we ask Audrey, she's going to say none of the ten. Miss, I have a direct line to the queen. <laughs> Mary Poppins over here, practically perfect in every way, right? But we're talking about me. Do you know which ten I'm guilty of committing? All ten. Thank you, Mr. David, for highlighting my deficiencies in front of everybody. I wasn't going to say all 10. I was going to say like, you know, 9 out of 10, make it a little bit better. Have I ever put another God before God? You bet I have. Do I still struggle with that? Yes, I do. Do I have idols? Yep. In fact, I have more idols than I even recognize, all competing for my attention each and every day. Guilty as charged. Have I taken the Lord's name in vain? Yes, I have. And I just want to throw this out there really quick. OMG, the acronym, you know what that stands for. It doesn't stand for, oh my gosh. But if you say, oh my G-O-D, you just took the Lord's name in vain, and it's just as bad as saying the G-D, you know, fill in the blanks there, G-O-D, and then the cuss word. It's the same thing. Get that out of your vocabulary. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. I'm guilty. Still to this day. Murder. I've murdered. Now, some of you may be thinking, wait, wait, hold on. How are you not incarcerated? Church, if you hate somebody in your heart, you commit murder. I've murdered. Oh, this is, this is a tough one. Miss Hope's not here today, so I can say it to you. I've committed adultery. Now, some of you are thinking, like, whoa, hold on a second. From the pulpit, you're going to admit that? Church, what does Jesus say? 
If you lust after a woman, you commit adultery in your heart. Let's not fool ourselves. That's why the gift of grace is so important. Because we've disqualified ourselves. Jesus qualified us, right? I've bared false witness. I've stolen. I've coveted. Even stealing. Even writing sermons each week. It's tough. Sometimes I'm like, is this really my original idea or did I steal this from somebody else? And if I stole it from somebody else, I better give them credit. We're constantly battling with this. The law was never intended to save us. God didn't give us the law so we could uphold it and then be saved. See, the law was intended to convict us of our sin. It was intended to awaken our need for a Savior. Look where it says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It doesn't come through me. It doesn't come through you. It comes through Jesus. See, Jesus interpreted the fullness of the law. That's what he did. Our hearing is no longer impaired to the truth. Until Jesus, what does it say? No one has ever seen God. Then John goes on to state, the only God. The only God. Do you see what this phrase indicates? Everything that we're seeing this morning in the text, everything that we're seeing in these verses, tells us that Jesus is equal to God. Why? Because He is God. As Mike comes up, I want to examine our final phrase in verse 18. So if you look at the final phrase in, in verse 18, and specifically what I'm talking about is where it says this, it says, He has made Him known. Look at that phrase. He has made Him known. See, really this could say He has explained Him or that He has interpreted Him. Church, God came to earth to make himself known. God came to earth to make the full extent of salvation known. God came to earth so that you can make his grace and truth known. And that's probably the most profound thing that we can come to terms with as believers living in the church age. That is our job. Ask that question. If I'm saved and I've received eternal life, then why am I still a sinner living on this earth? It's because God wants to use us to make Him known. Church, who in your life, and I already spoke with a few of you this morning, one conversation in particular, talking about family members that they know, that this is true about. Who do you know in your life who is convicted by the law? And who in your life do you know that is not convicted by the law because their hearing is still impaired to the truth? Someone who thinks they live for grace and not from grace. 
ask yourself the question, am I an example? Am I an example of this grace and truth interpreted by Jesus in their life? Am I allowing the Lord to use me? As a church, as a local church together, are we an example of grace and truth? Are you living out your knowing God so others can know Him too? Are you? These are questions I'm asking myself. Are you interpreting to others what's been interpreted to you? And after all, it says he has made him known, right? He has made him known. And he has made him known for a multitude of reasons. And I can guarantee you this. He has clearly made him known for us to make him known as well. And the most beautiful thing of all is this. We will never stop getting to know him. The good news is the good news because we will spend the rest of eternity getting to know the gospel better. And this brings us to our second and final point this morning. Jesus is the light that illuminates our path toward making him known. Jesus is the light that illuminates our path toward making him known. And let's not forget our main point this morning. As being both 100% God and 100% man, Jesus has revealed himself to be God in human flesh. Heavenly Father, your grace is enough to see your text this morning and understand this is grace upon grace upon grace is truly amazing. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I pray that we can encourage each other in making you known to others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.